Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, I'm Kendra. And I'm Ann, and you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Um, you, we're just starting a community there, getting to know each other there. And you can also email us prayer requests or show suggestions to hannahsheart at afa.net. We would love to hear from you. We are right now in the middle of a series about barren women of the Bible. Um, So studying um, how infertility is talked about and treated in Scripture and trying to learn um, from other women and um, find lessons that we can apply today. So today we are talking about a woman who is not actually mentioned by name in Scripture. She's referred to as the Shunammite woman um, coming from a story with Elisha. And there is so much to unpack in this story. So we are going to jump right in, and I have asked our wonderful producer lady, Miss Sherry B. Welcome to Hannah's Heart. Glad you're here. (laughs) Welcome. We have asked her to be our reader today. So Sherry, would you read for us 2 Kings 4, um, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 13? One day, Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. So this story, we jump in and we find this woman who does not have any children. We're going to learn in the next coming verses that she actually does really desire to have this Mm -hmm. child. Um, But the first time that we see her, she is doing the work of God. There's this prophet, Elisha, that keeps coming through town, and she just wants to provide and help him. Um, And if you think about it, in those days and age, like— They didn't really have ways to personally connect with God in the way that we have been given the Holy Spirit. Mm. I mean, they could pray, but when a man of God came through your town, like— That's where you wanted to be. That's where you wanted to be if you loved God and wanted to learn more about him. And we'd learn later that she would go 
regularly on the Sabbath to go hear Elisha preach and, and teach. And um, so we get this idea that she's just a woman who's hungry for mm-hmm. more of God. And she goes and asks her husband if she can build on this like Airbnb <laughs> style like, add on to the house just for him. Wow. And um, if you think about it, like we do know that she... Um, it says that she was wealthy, so they had enough money to be able to to do this. But still, in those days, that's a sacrifice to commit yeah. to, like, um, to providing for this prophet of God. Right. Um, I think it's interesting that it made sure to say, if we need to furnish it with a bed, a yeah. table, a chair, and a lamp. Yeah, like, she's <laughs> definitely a woman. She's like, I know what he needs. We're not going to scrimp here, husband. Like, these are this his is basic what we're needs. getting. Yeah. <laughs> she went to Ikea, picked it out, <laughs> came back. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and she's also, like, feeding him, right? right? So, like, I just love that this is such an example of a woman who she's operating in her lane mm-hmm. um, for God. You know, like, she's not a mighty um, prophetess right. or she's right. not a miracle worker. She's doing what she knows that yeah. she can do. And what yeah. a what a gift the gift of hospitality right. can be. Like whatever God has graced you to do, do it for the kingdom of God, yeah. even if it's making bread. What an act of service. Yeah. yeah. And she's doing it. You really see her heart and her intentions in this because um, Elisha is so blessed by it that he wants to give her something in return. He's like, you know, bring her in. And the servant Gehazi is kind of the mediator between this conversation. And um, he's like, you know, what can we do for you? And he then, it's kind of like, Elisha like subtly name drops. He's like, well, I know the king (laughs) and all these commands. And like, he's given her like a card, like a free pass, like what you want. You want the king to give you your own bakery? Like (laughs) you want a house in town? Like she could have pulled for a, she 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 swung for a big favor right right there. And it would have been hard not to to do that if I'm being honest. (laughs) Yeah. But her answer is just, she's like, when she says that, you know, she has a house among her own people or she's saying, I'm, I'm, I am taken care of and I have everything that I need. This is the first point I want to make about her is that the, the Shunammite woman was content. Mm -hmm. So even though she had an unmet desire in her life, yeah. which was to have a child. She could have, when, when Elisha said, what do you want? Well, uh, uh, baby, I, baby <laughs> I, this is what I want all day, every day. It's all I can think about. But she had a contented spirit that said, I'm taken care of. If God right. doesn't do another thing for me my whole life, I am just blessed to be a servant mm-hmm. of God. Um, and she doesn't manipulate. I think some people could look at this verse and I actually saw some poorly, um, poor, some poor sermon excerpts about this where people were saying, you know, you just got to do the right things for God. And then he, he gives you what you want. You. Right. Yeah. As if like, as if we can manipulate the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so tempting when you do struggle with infertility. It is. To think, well, maybe if I just served him more, right. I would get this if thing. If I prayed more. Yeah. If I did more. Yeah. And that's not what happens here. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. There's something that we learn about God in that he wants to honor those who are obedient to him. Mm-hmm. And so he does look for children who are obeying him and ways to reward them that doesn't mean that you're walking in disobedience if there's an unmet desire in your life um scripture talks about how godliness with contentment is great gain paul talks about how he's learned the secret of being content in every circumstance and i do want to say this too um it is perfectly okay 
to greatly desire something, that is not an indicator of a lack of contentment in your life. Because did you ever have this, Anne, like when you were struggling with infertility where people would say, well, for me, it was just the minute I was content, that baby just came. Yes, yes. Or just don't think about it. And and that's when it'll happen. Yeah. And they acted as if contentment was like this key Mm -hmm. to unlock getting what you want. Right. And... I, I've dealt with some guilt, like, well, maybe I'm just not content, yeah. Lord. I'm not thankful I'm enough. I'm not thankful enough for what I have. And and God really checked me and said, you know, you are right where I have you. And, you know, it's not like, it's not, this isn't something you earn or deserve, right. you know. Right. Um, you can acknowledge that you want this um, and, and still be operating in contentment. Sure. I mean, I remember praying, like, God, take it away. Mm-hmm. Take this desire for a baby if away. Of you. If you're not going to fulfill it. Right. If that is not what he has planned for my life, to have a biological child, mm-hmm. just take it away. But he allowed it to stay. Right. <laughs> right. I now I had to learn how to handle it better mm-hmm. than what I was to allow myself to give that to him daily to trust him with that like god if that's gonna be my story mm-hmm. then you you take my story i had to do that daily mm-hmm. um and it was hard to let that go sometimes but once i did i can say i truly was content in the life that i was living and um, that contentment comes from acknowledging what you currently have right. like the the shunamite woman basically says i have a home among my people right. she could have been like i don't have a family and her husband would be like what am i chopped liver you know <laughs> right. like you have a husband you have a home like acknowledge those things that god is doing in your life and that's that's a great secret to contentment well all right miss sherry would you mind reading the next few verses verse 14 through 17 and he said what then is to be done for her Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. He said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, At this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. So the Shunammites woman's reaction to this, you're going to have a son, is so relatable to me. Now, I don't know what all's going through her head, but another um, version words it this way. She says, don't deceive me. Don't get my hopes up like that, you know? And so here's where I can understand, and I don't know if this is how she felt, but it is scary to acknowledge to God your deepest desire. Mm-hmm. When you're struggling to try to be content in every circumstance, which sounds like she was doing great. She's like, I'm content, I'm settled. Right. But then there's this thing that she really does want. Otherwise, she wouldn't say, don't get my hopes up right. <laughs> if she didn't want a baby, <laughs> you know. But I almost sense in her that there's a little fear of mm-hmm. acknowledging the desire yeah. because she wants to honor God. She doesn't want to let the desire consume her. So she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, I dealt with this with the Lord where I didn't want to acknowledge my desire fully um, because I thought if God doesn't give me a kid, I can deal with it. But if I acknowledge how much I want it and mm-hmm. then I feel like he's holding back on me. I don't want anything to get between me and my relationship with God. And I was afraid that it would. Wow. And God really sat me down one day and he was like, Kenner, this is an issue of you not trusting me with 
Which can end up getting in between. Yes, exactly. Can get up, you know, if I say, Lord, I trust you enough that I can bring my deepest desire. I can one-on-one with you express to you the depths of my heart. And at the end of the day, know that if that's not your plan, you are enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I can trust that you will be enough for me, even if your answer is no. And I had to get to that place of being vulnerable with God, which is scary. It's scary. It is. <laughs> but I do think that that's where he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. When we're vulnerable, not at our lowest, I wouldn't say that, but when we're as open as we possibly can be with the Lord, I feel like that's where we truly start feeling and understanding his spirit Mm. within us, you know, because if we keep that, even with our spouses, if we keep something hidden, I feel like that is almost when something is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're trying to hide something, it's almost like that's where you feel wrong for doing whatever. And and he's God. You can't hide it from him. You You, you can read your thoughts. Like he (laughs) knows what you're thinking when the little baby passes you in the stroller. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so whenever um, you finally let him meet you where you Mm. truly are, I feel like is when your relationship can grow so Mm. much better with Christ. That's how it worked for me. Mm. Um, When I feel like I finally got to a healthy point Mm. in desiring a baby. That's really helpful. Well, let's continue reading because the story goes on from here. Not only does she receive this child, but now she's going to be faced with one of the biggest Mm. tests of her entire life. Sherry B., would you continue reading for us? When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon. And then he died. And when she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out, then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child. 
but there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet and told him, The child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Crazy Mm. story, right? Crazy story. (laughs) I think there's so many things that are a mystery to me in this story, like why he sneezes seven times, (laughs) like how the Shunammite woman could respond the way she does. Right. So many things to unpack here. But um, let's just talk about the initial reaction. So you have this miraculous child that is given to you. Um, And then it's a few years later and he's out working in the fields or playing in the fields mm-hmm. with his dad has a headache comes in and dies in her lap i can that's trauma imagine i mean and what do you think would be going through your mind if something were to happen like that oh. Oh. or the average mama right right <laughs> i uh I, I don't know if i could put it into words i mean that it i think it isn't every mama's heart to worry about something mm-hmm. like that happening from the time you find out you're pregnant to the time, you know, your babies are growing. You know, mm-hmm. my mom still tells me when I go on a trip, let me know when you get there. Yeah. Let me know when y'all leave. You yeah. know? And so, um, you know, and I'm 30 years old now. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine um, one of my kiddos coming in and this happening. Well, you and I have talked off air about how, because both of us have had, um, babies after struggling with infertility, the need to make sure that we don't become helicopter parents right. because it's like, you know, it's not healthy to be like, you don't see the Shunammite woman out in the field. Like, do you need a drink? Here, right. let me tell you. Know, like, <laughs> like, but when you've struggled to conceive, there is this desire to protect and like, yep. oh my goodness, we worked so hard to get you. We care about you so much. Right. Um, and that fear of anything happening to them. But I have to wonder, you know, did she feel like, God, you've abandoned me. Right. You know, that's what you I gave would, me you this gave. gift. And then so quickly have now taken it away. Yeah. But we're not guaranteed when God gives us a child, we're mm-hmm. not guaranteed how long mm-hmm. we'll have them. The Lord gives and he takes away. Oh, it's such a hard verse from Job. Yeah. Such a hard verse. Yeah. Um, there's a, a song that he gives and takes away. Lord, yeah. blessed be your name. But you blessed know? be your name. And I, I talked to a friend that had a miscarriage and she said it was really hard to sing that song in church after the miscarriage because... Um, it's hard to to like bless the name of the Lord <laughs> when is. He takes away. Um, I have a song like that. That's hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it reminds you of a specific time in your life. Mm-hmm. 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 What's the, what's your song? Um, you're never gonna let me down. Mm, uh, you I feel could like always I sing. 
he's a good, good father because mm-hmm. I always acknowledge that. But when I was struggling with infertility and still to this day, because I don't know if the Lord's necessarily even promised he's never going to let us down. Right. I'm not trying to say the songs are wrong. Yeah. But in his character and his nature, he never lets us down. Right. But there are times of disappointment where you think God's plan is one thing and it's not. Right. right. And so, yeah, it was just really hard mm. for me to actually be genuine and singing that song. So I just mm. would choose not to sing that part if my heart didn't really feel that way. Mm. So. Well, how do we as believers get to this point where we can have the reaction that she has? Because she doesn't seem to respond in anger or even fear. She's no, like she got super up and was chill. Like, yeah. But this is how it's going to happen. I'm going to go get the Lord's servant. Yeah. <laughs> and she even tells her husband, um, you know, he's like, what's what's going on? Where are you going? And she says, it is well. It is. Yeah, everything's and good. When I read that first time, I was like, liar. Lie, you lie. <laughs> you be lying, woman. It is not well. So, and then she repeats that because then um, Gehazi, you know, the, the servant of Elisha comes out to her and is like, "What's? are you all right? Is your husband right. all right? Your baby's all right? What's going on? And she again says, it is well. Yeah. And I struggled to try to understand this passage because I thought one of two things. Either... She is stuffing her feelings and she is uh-huh, in some serious uh-huh. it's denial. Okay, everything's which fine. we've done it. I've done <laughs> yes, it before. Yes. Or she has some sort of bedrock solid faith mm-hmm. that is hard for me to comprehend mm-hmm. that she does not understand what the end outcome is going to be of this. But, but she knows is. that it's going to be okay if she takes her, her problem to God. Right. She took her deepest desires to God and she can now take her deepest fears to God. And Elisha represents the man of God, that, that link right. that she has to God. So she goes to him. And that word, um, if you look it up in like an interlinear translation, you go to the the actual you know Hebrew word there for it. Uh, it is well. It's the word shalom, and shalom. It's it has to do with completeness, soundness, well, your overall welfare, your peace. It's like I'm I'm good. <laughs> you know, it is well with me. And so the fact that she was able to say shalom mm-hmm. in that moment tells me that. Um, she had a bedrock faith in God that we need to all learn from that's not dependent upon our circumstances or what kind of day we're having, but it's based upon the kind of relationship that she had with God. And um, it reminds me of the story of um, actually the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Right. Have, have you heard how the, who who wrote it and, no, and I the story behind it? Okay, this is crazy. So um, a man named Horatio Spafford wrote this song. And, and the background was... Um, Back in the uh, 1800s, he and his his family, um, they had a business that was lost in the Great Chicago Fire, like devastated. And so they're trying to pick up the pieces and start over again. And he ends up sending his wife and his children on a ship um, and they're crossing the ocean. And he was like, I'm going to meet up with you in a few days. Um, and I'm just going to read this little excerpt. It says, about four days into the crossing, um, their ship collided with a powerful Scottish ship. Suddenly, all of those on board were in grave danger. Anna, his wife, hurriedly brought her four children to the deck. She knelt there with Annie, Margaret, Margaret Lee, Bessie, and um, Tanetta and prayed that God would spare them if he could, um, if that would be his will, or that he would make them to endure whatever awaited them. Mm. So ends up 
all of the children are lost in this. Um, Anna somehow miraculously survives. She's picked up by a little boat and she sends a, um, I almost said a text message. She sends a, a message to her husband and she says, um, she wires him and says, saved alone, what shall I do? And so her husband comes to go be with her. He's on a, a boat. They go right over the spot where the, um, the accident happened and his children oh, were Lord. lost. And he writes the song, It Is Well With My Soul. So <laughs> whether it's loss or God bringing miraculously a child back into your life, to be able to say, you know, no matter what, I am okay because Christ is my redeemer and he is with me right. through he this storm. Yeah. Yes. So Sherry, do you mind? We're going to play just a little excerpt from that song because I want our listeners to hear and worship God. much that we can learn from this song. Um, I just pray that your heart will be able to say it is well with the Lord, no matter, well with your soul, no matter what happens, and that we can learn this lesson from the Shunammite woman. Thanks for listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. Oh, 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 oh,